Hello and welcome to a Paradise Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan and I'll be your storyteller for the evening. This week we're doing something a little new and different as we start up Fellowship. Fellowship is a collaborative and narrative-focused game that follows a group of heroes as they fight against the forces of evil. It takes inspiration from other media like Lord of the Rings, Avatar The Last Airbender, and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'll let everyone introduce themselves here in a moment, but one of the most fun things about this game was character creation, because it's a group effort. We had a lot of fun with this, coming up with ideas and building the world together, so I thought it would be a disservice not to share it with everyone. Next week, we start the adventure proper, but for now, sit back and enjoy Fellowship, The Fall of the House of Upperton, Episode Zero, Introductions. My name is Brendan, uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be playing the overlord Alistair Upperton. Hi, uh, my name is Julia, my pronouns are she, her. I will be playing Eve Sturgeon from the Ogre playbook. Hello, my name is Sean, pronouns are he, him. I am going to be playing Plink, the mascot playbook. My name's Jane, my pronouns are they, them. I will be playing Kit Bootstrap, the orc. Hi there, my name's Jonathan, pronouns they, them. I will be playing Johan Falk, the outlander. Alright, Mike's going. Cool. Everything's all good. Okay, so we're here doing uh, session zero of Fellowship. Yay! Got everyone here. We've got their playbooks all done, all the way up to uh, stage uh, part six of the quick start, which is uh, where uh, basically everybody's gotten their uh, their points distributed, their moves picked, their names picked, uh, companions picked where ap- applicable. Um, and we are at the fun part of the session zero that I absolutely enjoy, which is where that we get to introduce our heroes. Uh, so for part six of Introduce Your Hero, uh, we're going to go around the table and you're going to tell us about your hero, why you are your people's champion, and then tell us three facts about your people. Yeah, pretty much. If you guys want to do more, you're welcome to, but basically you're talking about the culture that your hero comes from and uh, just kind of setting up everything uh, since this is all, you know, collaborative world building. So uh, who wants to start off? I can go first. Okay. So, Sean, you're playing our mascot, Plink. Yes. Um, what is a fact about Plink's culture? Uh, Plink is a uh, spirit of magic, uh, one of the few that are still remaining uh, free in the world. And it is uh, taking it upon himself to find uh, heroes and capable people to you know, help bring magic back. Excellent choice. Okay, then. Um, uh, Jane, you want to go next? Sure. Uh, tell, intro- please go ahead and introduce your hero. I am playing Kit Bootstrap, a former sheriff who was run out of town by the overlords. Uh, robot army and personal security automatons. Yes. So former sheriff, but will one day reclaim their rightful place as sheriff. Their rightful badge. Their rightful sheriff's badge. Do you have anything that you want to say about the the orc culture? Still figuring that out. That's I fair. think it's. Uh, I like the idea of like a desert culture. Mm-hmm. Hey, oh, that's fine. fine. That's fine. We can, we can, right. we can I go around the table and just kind of as it... Workshop it together? Yeah, yeah that's the whole point of this is to workshop it together. Okay. I, I have a pretty good start, I think, because um, I, I did a lot of branding out about this beforehand. So, Johan Falk is... I suppose we should talk for a minute about the sort of core idea behind the campaign, which was the meme that goes around that it is theoretically possible that a samurai, a pirate, a Victorian gentleman, and a cowboy could all exist in the same place, they were separated by space, not time. Now, we've gone a little bit off the rails from that, but I still wanted to capture something of a samurai vibe. Now, I didn't actually want to play a samurai, because, you know, I'm uh, not Japanese. So, I broke down what was interesting about that concept uh, into a few key ideas. So, the culture that Johan is from uh, is anachronistic compared to the rest of the world. It's still doing things in an old-fashioned way. Something that um, is not sort of up to speed with the modern technological innovations, the modern sort of way of doing things. The culture is undergoing some very rapid change as it's been recently exposed to this 
um, new modern world. And so a lot of new things are being introduced, um, new ideas, new technologies, etc. The last thing that was important to me about this, this sort of culture is that they have a martial culture that is sort of at odds with the more modern ideas of military. Um, you know, they have like knights and, and trained lifelong soldiers as opposed to like, uh, um, a drafted army or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to go with a Landschneck style aesthetic. Uh, basically, this culture has an army of professional mercenaries uh, wearing bright garish colors and wielding uh, strange and exotic weapons. And um, they have been sort of fighting their own personal wars for a long time before being exposed to the outside world, I assume through some intervention of the Overlord. So the culture that uh, Johan is from is sort of Germanic-inspired, and Johan is going to look very out of place, because in something that is sort of a late 1800s, 1850s-inspired aesthetic, he's going to be wearing a big poofy hat and big poofy garb, and bright garish colors, and he's not going to fit in at all. So that's how I'm capturing the uh, the Outlanders' like vibe and aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were my initial thoughts. I dig it. Um, so I'm gonna, I guess, I'm playing Eve Sturgeon, the ogre. Um, she is a slime girl conservationist from uh, what would be the equivalent of the bayous of Louisiana. Um, and her culture is very much family-based. It's all about the tight-knit community, and it's all about proving yourself however your your worth is based on living your best truth. So, like, it's not about being the strongest. It's about, well, what are you good at? And what do you dedicate your time to? Mm-hmm. And what are what, what can you nerd out about? And her big thing is she's really good at wrestling gators. Because, you know, you've got to wrestle them out of the bayou so they don't hurt themselves or hurt others or get poached so you can take them somewhere safe and release them back into the wilds where they can live where they don't harm nobody. Fantastic. Um, so, like, ogre culture is very, like, very in tune with nature. It's all about just supporting each other in a tight-knit community. And that is very at odds with the overlord because it is a little bit more about respecting the land that you that you survive off of. Right. Whereas uh, I think that uh, you guys have been talking a little bit about the Overlord. Uh, so the Overlord, uh, Alistair Upperton, is the embodiment of capitalism. Uh, I think that in the pre, in the, uh, in the original version of this, we were jokingly going to just call him legally distinct Andrew Carnegie. It, it is very much a, Hey, capitalism is the enemy of this game because there it's unrestrained, uh, just horrors. Um, he has built up, uh, his, his own empire through means of exploitation and having enough money to just do what he wants. Uh, he has harvested the magic of the world and turned it into something. He's harvested the magic of the world and turned it into something lesser. He's kind of taken. He kind of takes a lot of the hope and wonder out of out of the world. Uh, Would you say and replaces it with parking lots? Would you say that he understands that magic is cool, but doesn't understand why? Yes, I would say that he understands that magic is cool, but doesn't understand why that magic is cool. Um, he is very much a character who is there to be a villain and be like, I'm really going, during this game, I'm going to do my best to make the most hateable NPC. And I hope that you all are here for this because I, because I've heard what you guys are talking about and I'm really here for like the wholesome fellowship adventures. I'm really like, I don't want to say that I'm looking forward to being the the uh, the opposite of that, but I'm really looking forward to trying to give you guys a really good villain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, diving back into uh, Jane, if you don't mind me yeah. helping you a little bit. 
I was um, taking some notes. When I think of, like, cowboys, I think of the very, like, progressive kind of culture. Someone that's driving forward into, into a bright sort of tomorrow. You know, um, you're, you're on the frontier of something. Yeah, I was thinking a lot of, like, tight-knit communities out on the frontier somewhere. Maybe where, you know, life is hard, it's a hard environment. So magic was really important to them to help these towns survive. Maybe, like, through, like, agriculture. Maybe, like, druids. I'm thinking, like, orcish druids. Okay. To help, Oh, I like, like that. Druidic society? That. Yeah. Yeah. Like, part cowboy, part druid out on, like, these desert frontiers. Yeah. Something, something along those lines. Because, like, cowboys are just witches that operate during the day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I dig it. Cowboys <laughs> shooting. Yeah, I like that. Should we go into physical descriptions of our characters? Oh, or... yeah, that would probably be real good. Yeah. Um, so, Johan Falk is uh, a, a visually very similar to the Lanschnacht. Uh, for those of you that don't know what that means, um, he is basically high medieval, uh, early renaissance look, very colorful fabrics with big poofy sleeves and big poofy pants and a big poofy hat with big ridiculous feathers in it. Like a caricature of the Three Musketeers? Um, but with more colors. More colors and more poof, yes. Yeah. So, he looks very garish and out of place in the sort of dour, like, industrial revolution aesthetic. Um, and this is going to help him kind of stand out. Um, he has, most notably, uh, a very unusual sword. Um, those of you who are sword nerds might know it as a Kriegsmesser, or uh, German for uh, war knife. Um, it is a long, single-edged, curved blade designed to be wielded with two hands uh, with a uh, crossguard. He also has the armor indicative of the Landschnacht, uh, basically high medieval plate mail, and a uh, musket that is uh, very uh, anachronistic compared to a lot of the guns that are currently in the setting. Um, he also has a hawk that rides around on top of his hat named um, Goetz. Goetz? Goetz. Goetz. Okay. Goetz. Yeah. Physically, he is sort of short in stature. Um, and he is a mischievous-looking old man. He has a neatly trimmed goatee, uh, wild eyebrows that are just going all over the place, and a mischievous glint in his eyes. Uh, he looks like he's just about ready to sit down and tell you an entertaining story as he is to fight you at any moment. So, uh, that is Johann Falk. Okay. Who wants to pick up next? With either more culture talk or character descriptions or um, what have you. So I'm playing Eve Sturgeon, um, and she is uh, she is a slime person, which is what I've, I've thematically changed ogres to in this. Okay. Um, so mostly she kind of looks like she's made of like brackish swamp water so that she can blend in better with her environment. Um, the only thing that really is her tell is her eyes are usually like a bright bright yellow or a green depending on like what the what the the lighting is at that time. That's terrifying. Um because she needs to be like the green helps her filter out chlorophyll and the yellow helps her filter out um bright sunlight so she can see better on land. Um her uh her normal garb that she would wear um would basically consist of like reeds or seaweed or like different plants that you would find, uh, very mud-based. So, like, clothing's not really a thing. She's an amorphous blob that takes the form of a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, but she's very, very strong. And so her big thing is, um, Eve is very, very sweet and very, very gentle, but she doesn't know her own strength. Um, she, she is said to have, have been, uh, cursed with the tidal wave, uh, ability and that, Sometimes she just overflows and breaks a door, and that's not anything she means to do. It's just she's really excited to be here, guys. Uh, Sean, what does what does Plink look like? Uh, that is a great question, and I'm glad you asked. Because um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, well, Plink <laughs> is a spirit of magic, and most commonly will manifest as like you know an orb of like iridescent kind of pearly light. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, under good circumstances. Circumstances aren't great right now. He is currently 
or it is rather currently inhabiting the body of a sugar glider. There's <laughs> a a tiny. Are they? They're marsupials. They're marsupials. They, they look like they got big, soulful eyes. Mm-hmm. They can spread themselves out like a blanket. I know that they bark. They also, they're also cuddlers. So if you have one as a pet, what they'll do is they don't want to be away from you. They want to be burrowed into your shirt to keep warm because they have trouble keeping warm. So they, they're, they're typically like known as Velcro pets. So yes, a, no, no, it's good. Um, so yes, a, a, a being of primordial power is currently inhabiting an adorable little, uh, flying squirrel looking critter. I love it. I forgot about Esther. So one of the things that one of the people that follows uh, Eve around is this little old like shriveled grandma named Esther that took her in. Is Esther uh, part of the ogre culture? No. Oh, she's She's just just there. She's just there. Look, her home, her home got destroyed long time ago by by the overlord, and he destroyed her entire entire retirement community. So she ended up. Moving in with the ogres, because she makes real good cookies. Okay. And Esther gives some of the best advice, and she knows how to get stains out on damn near everything. So we really we really like Esther. We gonna keep her. Okay. Murder grandma. <laughs> Don't you, <laughs> you take your mitts off, Nana. <laughs> uh, Oh, so as a brief aside, I think it is perfectly fine that, like, comments jump in, and, like, if you have something to say, go ahead and say it, because, like... Yeah, that, that's how we're going to get when we play anyways. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you don't need to worry about push to talk or whatever. We're actually doing this live! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> like a bunch of barbarians. Hey, everyone listening to this, hi. Remember people and places <laughs> and going and doing stuff? We're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing we're, we're, we're here to remind you about them. <laughs> what does Kit look like? Kit looks like a hot mess. Oh, yeah? No. I thought it would be fun, instead of doing orcs as big and strong, going more like a goblin, gremlin grot kind of route. <laughs> yes. So Kit is very small, very sharp features, lots of scars. They've got a um, beat-up cowboy hat. A big, colorful poncho because you got a cowboy's got to have a poncho. Um, got to have cowboy boots. Yeah. Um, and they're just just sort of this gremlin in a poncho. Um, I'm just imagining head, boots, and hands sticking out of a poncho. Basically, there's just like a little Dorito poncho shape and little <laughs> hands made for nothing but mischief and justice <laughs> sticking out of the poncho. Question for you. How uh, how important is, to the orc culture is uh, justice? I think they have a very strong sense of frontier justice. Okay. So it, uh, justice might get lost in translation with other people. Kit especially has a very strong sense of justice. It might not always be what's lawful or necessarily what's right. But, but it is frontier justice. It's frontier justice, and if someone has done wrong... They're gonna get it. (laughs) Um, They are wielding a junk cannon. Um, That is their primary weapon. It is a horrible piece of orcish machinery that doesn't look like it should function. It just sort of looks like bits cobbled together. Maybe there's like a paint can in there. It's just, there's some two-by-fours. And accompanying Kit is a small jackalope named Dynamite. Yes. Who has yes. a little red collar with a little dynamite charm on it. That's, that's so amazing. fucking cute. Dynamite is the brains of the operation. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Is Dynamite like Maggie from The Simpsons? The little baby that saves them all the time? Absolutely. Okay. They're the brains of the operation. Okay. Um, and I like the idea that it's unclear if Dynamite is sentient or not. Kit seems to believe it is. Um, but it's a rabbit. So, that's up for debate. Kit might have just had one too many concussions. Well, we also have a sugar glider that's our magical savior sent from, like, maybe space. We don't know. I think Kit means well. Yeah. But, um, they're a horrible little mischievous gremlin. They don't understand the assignment. They've got the spirit. They've got, they're a little confused. 
But they've got the spirit. Yeah. They've got the spirit of justice. Yeah. They're, they're a couple of bulls short of a rodeo. Just a few. <laughs> See, I thought they would be a couple clowns short of a rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> they've got the clowns. They they've got the clowns. I, I don't think we're, we're lacking in any... <laughs> Our clown bull ratios need some adjusting. <laughs> oh my god. Plink is just sitting there doing like the accountant work with little sugar glider sized glasses, just like on a little like typewriter, just a little like baker's yes. hat. Yes. It seems that our bull to bull to clown ratio is off. I'm here for it. This is great. See, this is this is why I uh, why that I love this this uh the way they do the session zero for this, because it's very like, hey, let's all play off of each other and like make suggestions. <sighs> Yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to add in about cultures or looks or anything uh, um, before we move on to the next step? What's the next step? The next step is some group questions that I get to ask you guys. Um, the biggest thing to know about Eve is uh, she is strong like dragon, smart like wagon. She's she's very sweet. She's very friendly. She's just big, dumb, and strong. What what is Eve's worst stat? Um, that would be sense. Okay. So you're not going to be talking to sense to anyone? No. No, that's one of my abilities that I absolutely avoided. Um, like, it's one of the things that I could have picked up uh, when you want to talk, uh, speak softly, or take sense. I can instead use my wisdom, but I did not pick that one up. I instead went for um, as much of gentle giant wholesomeness as I possibly could. That's so fantastic. Uh, for Johan, uh, his big weakness is that he's old. Um, he is an experienced soldier. He's been doing this for a long time, but also he's pushing his seventies. And uh, I put Grace as his worst stat because his hip doesn't work like it used to. <laughs> Excuse me, boy. I, I, I could really use me a good cup of beer. <laughs> uh, I also picked Grace as Kit's lowest stat hey. because um, I think they've got a little too much moxie and not enough coordination. Okay. Uh, Plink's worst stat is going to be blood. Um, yeah, I mean, a sugar yeah. glider out for blood just <laughs> not a huge physical presence. Um, Makes sense. But has a good sense and wisdom that I am very quickly going to have to impart to my chosen heroes here. Hey, wisdom is like one of my better stats. I'm wise. I'm just not learned. Yep. Okay, then. That sounds good. So, uh, step seven is uh, group questions. Uh, and everybody answers these together. Uh, sure. so, this is, uh, so the first question is, whose people did the Overlord hit first and hardest? The mascots. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that uh, whoever the magical people used to be... Uh, still are. Still are. Come on. Used to be, but may... I'm the overlord here. Do they still exist? I need to find them. Oh, no. So, yeah, I think... Uh, that includes me, you guys. I know. That, no, that's bad. It is. <laughs> it's all right. I got you. Um, I, got, I got this. Here's the plan. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely think that uh, Plink's culture has been largely captured or wiped out by the overlord. Uh, and Plink... Managed to do some sort of daring escape or lucky escape to find us. I'm, I'm not worried. Because that is what you all are here to help me fix. You poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna whip you all into the heroes of destiny that you secretly were the whole time before you knew it. <laughs> I'm really glad you didn't say shape because I'm made of slime and I would have just assumed a different shape. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I have to keep that in mind then. Okay then, so Plink's people, the magical people, were hit the first, the worst, and the hardest. Okay. The next question on here is, whose people has the Overlord mostly ignored? I would think that that would be Johan's people, because Johan's people have been largely isolated up until very recently. Yeah, like, so he, yeah, that makes sense. The, uh, the Overlord hasn't really had a chance to, like, get his grubby mitts in there. Right. So does that mean that, uh... The Overlord is now starting to take a look at Johan's land. Yeah, I think Johan is uh, Johan's people are sort of next on the chopping block. Okay, and that could have been why Johan left to try to find help out in the world, as, as the reins of capitalism are be, are being thrown thrown over your people. Yeah, you mean 
He's yeah, got... no, like, what if, what if his stats is... No, 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 um, you, What? It's just my inner horse girl needs to correct you, I'm sorry. <laughs> you throw the bit on and the reins steer. The bit's what goes in the mouth. Okay. And yeah. that's what controls the horse's head. I'm gonna be that oh, guy. Oh, you know what, you're right, I should I should have known this because we were watching Centaur World for like three I thought episodes. the carrot okay. on a stick was what drove the horse. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, actually everybody in the room here, what you're talking about is a yoke. Because that's what you put over a work animal to pull is this, a plow. Is this what we? Is this what we're in for? <laughs> You're the worst, Sean. Hey, Sean, you don't happen to have any pies that I can throw at Sean. <laughs> Not on hand, but Brendan, next... can we put that on the docket for the next uh, grocery run before next game? That I need to pick up several pies. Several you could pies. help them with the peanut butter pretzel. Yeah, Ooh. but I'm gonna eat those. <laughs> <laughs> only, only if we make sure that the meringue gets finished from <laughs> the Great British Bake Off. Brendan, um, Brendan did the thing last night. Where he was sound asleep and snoring, and if I tried to change the channel, he would argue with me because he wanted to know how the meringue came out. <laughs> sound asleep, but somehow taking in all the information. It's so weird because I figured that uh, after we uh, made these characters and everything, these questions actually answered themselves. Uh, what impossible thing has the Overlord already done? Hey, yeah, he's stolen all the magic. I can't. I, I can't imagine that it's. Stolen all the actual fucking magic. <laughs> Do we want to expand upon that? Maybe he's done something even more impossible. Well, something that we were talking about before the mic cut on was um, that the Overlord thinks that the magic is really, really neat, but doesn't actually know anything about how it works. Mm-hmm. So he's got a couple of cool tricks that he's figured out, but um, he doesn't know anything about, like, how it actually functions. He's just hoarded it. And so he doesn't know how to make good with it. He just has it all. Maybe kind of building on top of that, because um, we talked a little bit about, like, places of power and, like, people of power in terms of magic. Maybe he's been going around the world in some, like, horrible, you know, like, nightmare balloon. A Zeppelin? Yeah, like a, a Zeppelin? Oh. Zeppelin. I imagine wacky races like the villain's car, yeah. but as a Zeppelin. Yes. Like, like a Zeppelin just going around the world, Only like villains sapping, Zeppelins. like sapping sites of magic and then like repelling now, them up into his Zeppelin. Uh, now I, I hear your Zeppelin, but are you about to I, roll out an rank idea? Like I know Brendan, and I know that giant mechanical spider is on there somewhere. What? Giant mechanical spider is on there somewhere. But I'm not going to tell you where. But oh, no. How can you travel the world in a giant mechanical spider and get across the ocean? It turns into a boat and swims with its horrible spider legs. Oh, no. <laughs> I like the... Ze- okay, so I like the Zeppelin, but I think what's even more horrifying is that instead, it's one of those... It's like, he's he's an overlord, yes, but he's a cheap bastard. So instead, it's one of those bicycle helicopters... But he's got a bunch of poor sods below bike, like, running the pedals. It's just orphan power. Yeah, it's just powered by orphans. No, not orphan power. That's the least renewable power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you're, yeah, but I mean, it works, you know, if you're over the ocean and one okay. of the orphans keels over, you just kick them out of the wheel. Oh, no. But look, it's orphan powered, but also it belches tons of pollution for no discernible reason. Oh, well, he's got to have his, like, his fucking... Well, that's where, that's where the weapons come from. <laughs> well, yeah, no, and he also, he has to have a kitchen in there because he eats constantly. Because oh. he's always hungry for more. I also, like... I remember very, very vividly an episode of Spongebob with the fucking jellyfish jelly, where Mr. Krabs starts, like, enslaving... harvesting all the jellyfish? Yes, it's like, he puts them in, like, fucking weird-ass milking machines and starts, like, shriveling them up. I imagine that that's how this started. But the whole thing is powered by an exercise. Oh, no, I just, yes. I just realized I made the villain that, that's, that, that's the person who's programming Pal World. <laughs> <laughs> what? You remember, you remember Pal World? I showed you it. The Pokemon, Pokemon with game with guns. guns. We were going to start up a, a server for everyone in the LARP. Amazing. <laughs> it's gonna I'm be already amazing. planning this. <laughs> you should have concerns. A lot, a lot of concerns, a lot of quickly. He has the power of innovation, but like... In, he uses it for all the wrong reasons. Yes. 
Yes, he like his superpower is technically innovation, but he uses it wrong. Like he has the ability to create these automated machines, but it's a lot cheaper instead to just hire people at like shitty like below wage late like uh below a living wage to power these machines. So in this world that had I guess still has like magic and monsters and fantasy is like his deal that he's just like ruthlessly practical businessman. Yes, yeah. that's his deal. He's just ruthlessly practical businessman. That's, oh no! We also talked a little bit about how he has despair as a superpower. So yes. maybe a lot of this stuff also factors into just sucking hope out of people. Yeah, like what if it's hope power. Yeah. So like the the the, the orphan powered <laughs> zeppelin. <laughs> Your face the orphan-powered Zeppelin isn't actually powered by exercise bikes. It's, it's powered children. by the misery of children riding the exercise bikes. You get a get a, uh, a, a room full of children. All right, that, that'll be it. That'll be tell them all that Santa's not real. Santa's not real. Or he finds actual Santa and makes him shave the beard and tell children he's not real. We need a power boost. Bring out the Kringle. No, no, no. You guys are thinking too small. Oh, no. He puts Santa in a business suit and hires him as the director of marketing. Oh, you suck. <laughs> I, I, I don't so the over- <laughs> So the overlord... What if the Overlord was Chris Kringle all along? No, that's yeah. dark. That is yeah. really dark. That's no, too dark. Or it's the Fellowship Saves Christmas. Because I mean, that what, has to be what if Chris Kringle is the last bastion of hope? What if the last bastion of hope in this world lies in the North Pole in his secret fortress where he's been amassing his elven army all of these years to defeat him? Yeah, see, you're making it too, like, too aggro. Santa is the last bastion of hope because he hasn't given in to this. Yeah. He's not amassing an army to fight back. He's simply just trying to keep magic alive in the world. So we've got so our mission is clear. We must protect Santa. Yeah, I'm kinda down for this. <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> I love this. I mean, if we we're looking at places and people of power, uh Johan does in fact have a map to a source of power that the, the Overlord is looking for. That could be Santa's castle. Santa's right. workshop? In fairness, all right, Santa's castle is a great <laughs> phrase that I just now heard. Do you need a Write down Santa's castle. Do you need a map to just go north from, like, literally anywhere? What color yeah, should... It needs to be in green. You need to... You need uh, uh, instructions on how to find it, because obviously it's hidden. Got you it. can't just be at the North Pole. You have to do something special. It obviously also, has magical defenses, or it would have been destroyed by, like, Securotrons or something. Yeah. Also, Steam-powered automatons that just pollute everything, just to make it extra despairy. Sean. Yeah, but they keep everyone safe. They stop people from jaywalking. It's true. It's oh, it's going to look glorious when it goes up online. The steam-powered robots aren't going to work in a frozen environment. They're like, Santa's got an <laughs> Eastern Bloc defense <laughs> going against the robot army. Also, Sean, you have absolutely heard Santa's castle before now. It's where he lives with his best friend Merlin. Oh no, you're right. I what is this from? <laughs> oh. I thought he was on the moon. No, he's on. Oh no, he's, he is on the moon. But he has a castle on the moon. He does have a castle on the moon where he lives with his best friend Merlin and the giant blowjob lips. <laughs> on that note, I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> what? I need a five. Oh boy. No. 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 Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, those are all things. No. The robot horse, I think. I mean, what says Christmas? Like marching at the point of a sword. <laughs> I can name lots of other things. That's a good line for the Overlord. <laughs> Take notes. The festive Christmas wolf with the ulcer. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I mean, I'm going to get to listen to this again before any before any of us. Uh, before we get that far into the game, so thanks for the ideas, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm so I'm so looking forward to you all tearing down all these parking lots he's gonna try and make. Oh, I just can't think of anything more evil than him just making a bunch of parking lots for no reason. Yeah. Like, are cars even in the setting? No, not really. 
She's but just paving over he's everything. She's building over everything. It. They're going to be. They're his next greatest invention. So he's got him uh, at the parking lot first. Right. He, room for all the cars. he needs to create the demand, and then he'll supply the solution. Yeah, because, you know, you can't have the horses walk home. It's too hot. Yeah, you'll hurt the horses' hoosies. This is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I need to come up with, like, a really... I don't want to come up with, like, a super slimy voice for him, but I need to come up with something that's, like... Yeah, this is, like, really... Convincing? This is like Judge Doom wanting to like build a bypass through Toontown just because it's there. This is Yeah, but that, at least this isn't. Well, I mean, that is based on real historical. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah fuck no. you, Robert Moses. This is an anti Robert Moses podcast. Let <laughs> <sighs> me just double check my facts. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure his name was Robert Moses. I remember, yeah, being a bi- I remember it being a biblical name. We're yeah. putting you on blast. We'll I'm pretty f- sure he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post if we need to. Yeah. We don't want to be liable for any of this. <laughs> okay. So then. Yeah, right? That's why that we're not doing... Uh, legally it, distinct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything's like legally distinct from real world because like, ooh, you yeah. don't want to get sued by the Andrew Carnegie estate. Yeah, I mean, well, yes. That, that's a, you know what? That's a, just a good tip I think everybody should live by. Like, don't get sued by the estate of some kind of magnate. Yeah. <laughs> so, the next step is bonds. Hey guys. Each player writes their name in one of the Overlord's bonds. Then each player fills in however many bonds their playbook says they start with, with the names of anyone they know, with the names of anyone they know, each other, companions, or even the Overlord again. So basically, you guys, I pass around my sheet, and you guys write around, write whatever kind of bond you want with me, and then you guys determine, like, your Bonds, uh, that, that kind of like, what, whatever makes like the crew is what the, the, the initial bonds are. Alright. So looking at the Overlord's bonds, I think one that I would like is, uh, the Overlord has fought Johan before and left a wound upon them that burns in his presence. Okay. I like that. Um, I kind of like the idea of the Orcish people, like, working for the Overlord as he's, like, taking over the frontier. Mm-hmm. Especially going for more of, like, a goblin or, like, gremlin kind of, like, grot theme. A little more, like, technically inclined. Okay. So, yeah, I, I like the idea that, like, as he moved in, the uh, the orcs now serve him. I'm gonna I'm a pull a power move on you right now. Okay. I'm gonna say that Plink was once his friend. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Fuck yeah. Spicy. The bold move, Cub. Alright. <laughs> I see that Julia found one that she likes. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, that one doesn't work. I was hoping it was in the back. Like, the reverse. You can also write a uh, custom one if you want. Because, like, I really like the secretly admires me and the things that I do. Like, Overlord's really got it out for this, like, fucking swamp slime girl who's made of brackish water and wrestles gators. He yearns for a simpler life. (laughs) Cause, like, on my bonds, you said we could write the Overlord down for one of them, right? Yeah. I have one that I wanted to do, which is I once saved the Overlord's life. Ooh. So what if the Overlord has a secret weakness for slime girls? (laughs) If you want to write it down, then do it. Okay. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to do this. Unless. God, this is hard. Okay. It's not that he secretly yearns for slime girls. It's that he would secretly yearn for Eve. I secretly admire Eve Sturgeon. That's it. That's it. It's not even a lust thing. It's just a... There's an admiration there, and it's frustrating. Okay. I, I, I In my head, he turned into Thanos, harvesting his space conquats, mm-hmm. and this is his, like, secret goal, is to, like, conquer everything so that he can go, like, live on a farm somewhere. <laughs> and wrestle gators. And wrestle gators. And be a conservationist. Yeah. Okay. So then, you got, uh, so how many bonds do you start with, Jonathan? I start with four. So then you write in four bonds. Uh, they can be 
from anyone that you know, companions, uh, people in the group, or uh, the the group's companions, or uh, the or even the Overlord. So, one that amuses me to no end is that Kit has shown me how things work around here. <laughs> So Johan is going to be taking like social cues <coughs> from from Kit. Yep, and uh, uh, Johan, it, it, Johan will ask Kit to explain first before anybody else. This is going to be a disaster, and I'm absolutely here for I it. I'm so here for this. Um, one of the obvious ones here is that something bad will happen to Plink if I don't protect them from it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's gonna directly contradict one of my bonds, which is Plank is just the perfect shape for tossing about. Oh, no! <laughs> I possess a ballistic quality. It's true. <laughs> to be fair, all of you are the perfect shape for tossing about, but... Uh, what was your character's name again? Eve. Eve. Um, Eve is the most impressive thing I've found in the New World. And Eve's just making a good impression on everyone. I'm a sexy slime girl, man. What do you want from me in my brackish water? Just to flip uh, fish flops out <laughs> on the deck. I have something kind of spicy. Okay. Uh, what is our overlord's name again? Alistair? Alistair. I know what's going to happen to Alistair in the future. Are you a seer? Maybe. Or I don't have to be a seer. But uh, maybe the person who sent me out on my quest told me about what's going to happen. Yeah, maybe you were sent. Maybe Johan was sent by someone who's like magic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's maybe it's your sword. Maybe your sword's magic and it's guiding you. My sword is very specifically an unusual sword with a true purpose that will uh, come up when the time is right. So it's guiding. Okay, I'm not down for this. Cool. So my sword told me what's going to happen to Alistair in the future, and it was very important that I take the sword somewhere. Did I? Oh, I also forgot to mention one of my weapons is a massive club of iron. Okay. It's just like I want. I want it to just be like an old muffler or like <laughs> an old fucking like like a, like the axle off of a train or something. Just like just this ridiculous big piece of like machinery. I'm just imagining a bunch of cast iron like fused together. Oh, There's a bunch of fucking like skillets that I found. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. Just- Made them one. Yeah, you just made a bunch of skillets into one one long giant clone mega skillet. Oh, it's, just, uh, it's actually shaped like a giant spoon, like a grandma would like smack your wrist with. Okay, <laughs> Kit, Kit, how are your bonds looking? Uh, I start with four bonds. Um, do companions count as members of the fellowship? Yes. Okay, so I have one bond figured out already. I did this before the mic was on. So sneaky. Yeah. Uh, the first bond I have is nobody knows the real me, like Dynamite does. Oh my god! (laughs) Um, I think Johan is going to be my party buddy. Okay. Johan's going to be coming to Kit for advice. Kit's going to be like, yo, you should try this moonshine. (laughs) Probably going to make them, like, make him horribly ill, but. Because it does say orc only. Uh oh. I think another obvious choice is I will use my strength to keep Plank safe. <laughs> I'm the only one that wants to treat, treat Plank like the tennis ball. I might need to move some of these around now that information has come to light. <laughs> um, and I think that Kit cannot help and res- but respect Eve. Aww. Eve seems like she has a lot of boxing. <laughs> A lot of gumption, a lot of chutzpah. At least she's pretty. She's sure not bright. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, I've gone through my bonds. Um, Plank is currently of the opinion that Kit isn't ready to be a hero, but I will fix that. <laughs> That's awesome! Yeah. Uh, Eve is a true team player. With, a, <laughs> with an exclamation point. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Johan has faced the Overlord before, so I trust their judgment. Yes! And I really wish Alistair would listen to my advice. Oh. I also start with four. Um, So my first one is I like to let Kit ride upon my shoulders. Yes! Yeah! Uh, Plank is just the perfect shape for tossing about. Johan has more courage than I, and I once saved the Overlord's life. Okay. Sounds rad. I'm down for this. 
Um, and now, um, so then just uh, as a, I guess, an aside to you guys, I think I kind of already explained this, but just as a uh, reminder, uh, you guys are, anytime you guys have a scene with a character, uh, an NPC, uh, someone else, you guys have like a cool bonding moment in game, you are allowed to make new bonds and just word them as something. Uh, bombs are super useful, but if you, uh, if you have, uh, like I mentioned before, they're super useful between player characters because then you can roll with hope together. But if you guys do something that accidentally or purposely screws over the other person, you guys do lose bonds. Can we have multiple bonds with the same person? I believe you can have up to three with the same person. Okay. Yes. So my uh, my playbook is is slightly different uh, in that regard. I believe uh, mm-hmm. for the mascot, uh, I am I am unable to have bonds with anyone but the fellowship or the overlord. Um, but I can have unlimited bonds with them. Oh no! Oh, yeah. Cool. And that's very useful because I know that some uh, playbooks let you use bonds as a resource to do fun things. Yeah, like healing. So now we move on to the last part before our play, which we're not going to do. We're not going to do play tonight. We'll do that. We'll save that for the next week. But the next part is one of my favorites. Oh no! Rumors. Each player answers this prompt individually. Choose another player and tell us a rumor or superstition your people hold about their people. The person who that you are telling this rumor about can, does not tell whether or not that rumor is true. You are also allowed to make rumors about the overlord. <laughs> They'll do this to me. So, my character comes from a relatively isolated culture, so I don't think I'd know a lot about Eve or Kit. So I feel like I should come up with a rumor about Plink. Uh, what are your people called? Or are they just called the mascots? I don't <laughs> actually think we have a name for any of our people. Like, outside of, like... The Orc, the Outlander, the, yeah. the Ogre. Um, one, and, and, this, and this probably doesn't fall into what we're doing right now. Um, but as I was kind of thinking on this character, uh, I think what they're doing right now going to try and find heroes is based on like stories that they have been told mm-hmm. maybe not so much actual like mystical prophecy or knowledge just yeah. like oh i know how this is supposed to go uh, so i think he's looking for the protector of the innocent the mysterious stranger and the vanquisher of evil and he, i think he's going to think each one of you kind of fills one of those roles Hell yeah. Cool, I like mm-hmm. that. So, there is a rumor about Plink's people that they are messengers of divine entities. But they aren't necessarily good or bad messengers. Like, there can be evil ones, there can be good ones, and you never really know what you're going to get. Is it like a gumball machine? A little bit, yeah. yeah. So... I think, yeah. And these rumors are sort of, uh, uh, like, worldwide, like, yeah. world-spanning, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're kind of, like, world-spanning, world like, your people would believe that about Plink's people. And maybe some other people might have... Is this specific, Yours is a little... Is this specifically my people, is what I'm asking, basically. Tell us a rumor or superstition your people held about ah. their people. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um... The Outlander's culture believes that uh, Plink's people are uh, harbingers. They're basically people who, who bear messages, bring news, um, or, or bring dire warning. And so it is very important to treat them with sort of respect and treat them with uh, hospitality because you don't know if they're good or bad until you get their warning from them. Um, so you don't want to piss off one that's evil because they might turn on you. Mm-hmm. Um, Can we call them the Harveys? Short for Harbingers? We, do we have the meats enough to get that close? <laughs> <laughs> the Harveys. <sighs> um, I, had, I hadn't thought. I, I was, I mean, um, I, I took a lot of inspiration um, for... The whole mascot culture from 
uh, Final Fantasy VI, like mm-hmm. how the espers worked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to just say, like, oh, yeah, they're the esper. They're, like, they're, they're from another magical world. Yeah. It's parallel to ours. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it, it's a little on the nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, that, that was kind of the flavor, uh, or inspiration, at least. That, maybe uh, they just, uh, for, for them, maybe they just only live in, like, the magical places of the world. Maybe not, like... A, like a parallel world, like how the Espers did, but like yeah. you know, they live on like mountaintops. And I have an idea for a name. What if the people are known as the Motes, like M O T E, like, like Motes of Light? You know, yeah. If 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 that is how they they manifest and appear to, you know, the the other cultures and races, I think that that works. I don't know that they would have a name for themselves if they are just yeah. kind of personifications and manifestations mm-hmm. of just magic. magic. Yeah. Especially if they, they, they appear differently or are portrayed differently by different cultures. Yeah. Because like my first thought was like the moats would make a lot of sense for like Irish leprechauns. Yeah. It could be considered a manifestation of moats and like all of our folklore. Also have like swamp lights and yeah. stuff like that. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Oh I dig that. Yeah. yeah. So, so all all cultures in this world share this idea of the moats. Their names and the specifics are different because it, all that's sort of consistent is that they are a moat of light. I think a good universal name for them would be the moats. I like it. That sounds like good that. to yeah, me. I like that. Cool. Are we next? Um, okay. I think a rumor that the orcs believe about the ogres is that they will dry out. If they get too far away from the water. <laughs> um, oh, no. So it's very dangerous for them to be too far away from water. And you need to ensure that an ogre has some water with them at all times so they can, like, rehydrate themselves. So they don't just, like, desiccate. That's fantastic. I can absolutely see Kit running up and splashing a bucket oh, of water. Oh, just a whole bucket of water. Just, yeah. like, jumping up and like, eh! <laughs> so, um, are, are, do we just have... Like the Overlord and Johan are just—they're just human, or is it something else? I haven't actually thought that far. Okay. Um, so I didn't know if this was going to be like a baseline human kind of world, or if humans were even involved. And um, if you got uh, well, I mean, we have goblins, yeah. pretty much. We have slime girl, slime girls. Um, is Johan? Do you want Johan to be a baseline human? Because I'm going to have. The Overlord be a baseline human, because what is more evil than the baseline? Think humanity? I can see you, humans. Well, maybe they're elvish or long-lived in some way, because they've been around for fucking ever. I kind of like the idea that Johan is baseline human, and he is just a 70-year-old male. Oh, that's also cool. Now, there there is one other thing that I could pull out for Johan. But it does take the character in a slightly different direction. Yes, yes. Oh, oh no. no! What does that mean? Skaven. Yeah. Wow. Johan. Johan's people could be rat-like, and uh, all the wonderful things that come with that. Oh dear. And the reason that he's bright and colorful, and the reason that he. Uh... Oh man, that changes a lot. Because I wouldn't want a bird. <laughs> I would want a rat instead. Um. Do you want to stick with baseline humans? Just, that's just what you've stick been working with. Human. Okay, I'll stick with baseline human. Okay. You you'll have a chance to play a rat man in another <laughs> game. That's okay. I'll, I'll, run, a, I'll run a game for you to play a rat man in, or Julia can run a game. Oh, I absolutely have the perfect game for that. <laughs> Isn't there like a, a rat king in Werewolf? Yes, yes, there yeah. is, and I definitely want to do a beach episode. Hell yeah. I, I want to be absolutely disgusting in the beach episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, does anybody have any ideas for ways that Johan's culture could be other than baseline human? Because, like, I'm open to anything. I just haven't thought about it. I don't know. I just like the idea of Johan's culture being baseline human. Because we don't have, like, a baseline human in the party. Your culture, because it's just being revealed, we know the least about it, but we've heard rumors about these people that have the ability to cheat death. Ooh. Huh. I like that. That's a uh, that's also a good rumor. Like we we keep hearing this rumor that uh Johan's culture the outlanders 
the reason they live so long is because they can cheat death. Okay, I have an idea. I have an idea, and uh, I'm going to keep it to myself for now. Um, but um, there is something special about the Outlanders that makes them not face slimy. Okay. Is it um, that they're incredibly lucky? No. No, no, no. I've, I've got an idea. So, what's a rumor from the moats? Yeah, that's a real good question. Yeah, what does all of magic believe <laughs> about the non-magical world? I think that the moats believed that the non-magical world was supposed to take the reins of stewardship at some point, but not in the manner that seems to be going. Um, that we misunderstood the assignment? Yeah. Okay. Like, like. So what would be a rumor that Moat would have about Kit and the, 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 the orcs? Or about the Outlanders? Or about the Ogres? Or about the Overlord? It's like any anything anything I can think of is at least right off the top of my head is like well keep in mind that whatever you think of like uh, whoever that you kind of like point at and say oh this is the rumor like they have the option to say well like they're not going to tell you if it's true or not got it I could go some super cliche yeah the Overlord was supposed to be the one that like saves magic ooh I think that's fun I like that that's spicy. Is that is that too over the plate? No, that's that's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. So, sometimes things like this, if you like lean into the tropes of like this, like like think things are tropes for a reason. Like the be- the best way that I can put it is that like sometimes it's great to like watch something that does something new with the genre, but other times you just want to play that video game that does all the tropes and you can pick it from like it does it well, but yeah. it does it well. And when it does it well... This also seems like the game to lean into tropes. I mean, all the classes aren't <laughs> just tropes. Yeah. D- you know what? Fair point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I like that. Okay. That the Overlord was supposed to be the one to save magic, and instead... From his perspective, I guess he is. So what I wrote down is, per the, per the mascot, non-magical world... The non-magical world misunderstood the assignment, and the Overlord was supposed to save magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we make up more rumors, or we just make it, up one each? It's just the one each. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. No, you guys misunderstood the assignment. The Overlord's also a player. Yeah? So what is for the Overlord? <laughs> uh um, Hmm. Who's a fun person to have a good rumor about? I'm trying to... I think he was the only one we... Don't have one. Um, they will. De- they, if I don't have a steady supply of water, I will die. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's the only one that we don't have a rumor about. Then obviously, I should make a rumor about ki- about the orcs. Yeah, from the Overlord's perspective. Yeah. Why did you? Why did you get these people to work for you? Orcs. I feel like I'm going to be leaning so hard <laughs> into things. Go for it. Just Take lean in, baby. Lean. Orcs aren't people. They're a plant. I feel like I'd be leaning really hard into that with this, but like it's it's also what was what was the bond that I had with Kit? Alistair Oh, that Kit's people serve serve okay. I feel like the the Overlord's rumor is thinking that orcs are plants, not people, actually kind of works towards you're like dragon. Kids, people serve me now, mm-hmm. and like I, th- I think that that's one of the reasons that he has the orcs as kind of a workforce. Yeah, I, I think that. God, you can't spell workforce without orcs. Uh, right. <laughs> I can just see that on like the side of a building. You can't spell work without orc. You can't spell workforce without orcs. Oh, that's right. This is orc with C. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> orcs. I don't know how to spell work. Yeah. He, he, he might, uh... Games Workshop, please don't sue us. <laughs> TM, TM, TM. <laughs> I didn't mean it. All the content of this podcast is strictly owned and licensed by Games Workshop. Oh, no. 
So, and uh, with all that, that should be, that should conclude it for session zero of Fellowship. Yeah. I think we have a couple, I think we have a really fun, dynamic party that I don't think has ever I already don't understand my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I've already uh, forgotten. We'll be, we'll be posting notes alongside, uh... Alongside everything, thank you, Julia, for taking notes for us. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I make no promises. I can't wait for people to try and parse through all this information. Um, and This is how I take notes in school. I'm horrified. But yeah, uh, once I get a little bit more stuff, I will definitely be messaging everyone with uh, anything else that I come up with, if, if anything changes on this end. Um, and then besides that, like, you know, I guess for podcast land, we're, uh, I was Brendan, it's Jonathan, Jane, Sean, and Julia. And we're signing off. We'll see you next week with an actual fellowship game. Oh! Yay! Yay.